Hello everyone and welcome to the 3D Experience Podcast. We will discuss everything from business to the latest technology as it relates to the process of design and manufacturing. Your hosts for this journey are John Milbury, Technical Director for Dassault Systems SolidWorks, and me, Mike Bookley, Senior Product Manager at Dassault Systems SolidWorks. So John, today we have some some pretty cool people with us. Um, we have Paul and Ross from Cherry Creek Innovation Campus. Um, this one's is pretty exciting. Uh, I know John, you spent quite a bit of time with these guys too. But Paul and Ross, yeah. I would love for you guys to introduce who you are and what you do, and then uh, we'll get into explaining all the cool things you're doing. All right, uh, my name is Paul Clinton, and I'm the STEAM, uh, which is STEM plus throw a little art in there for the A. Uh, pathway lead here at the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus. I've been here for three years. Uh, this is my 24th year in education, uh, teaching well what shop really kind of morphed into over the last 50 years. A lot of design, CAD, 3D printing, um, that type of thing. Uh, my name is Ross Erickson. I'm uh, also at the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus and uh, I'm the pathway lead for advanced manufacturing and I teach the CNC machining classes. A um, little bit of background, I've uh, uh, been, this is my 31st year of teaching and uh, all of those years have been in some form of pre-engineering, uh, CAD design classes, uh, some, some simple uh, manufacturing, uh, basic fundamentals of manufacturing a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but right now we're pretty much just trying to work on the CNC machining. Very cool. So I was thinking the other day guys, it's been like nine or 10 years since I first met you guys. Uh, it seems like two or three years ago uh, <laughs> when you guys are doing SolidWorks and uh, 1080p and, and all that stuff. But um, can you guys explain a little bit about what the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus is? Because it's every time I explain it, I fail miserably at explaining how awesome that facility is. Oh, gosh. It is, too. Paul, you want to take that one? Sure. Uh, so the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus is a... And I hate, I guess it's more than this, but I, I, I tell the layperson it's a kind of a career and technical center for high school. And it's way more than that. But it's, but it's a way for people to kind of understand. They've heard that term before. Um, but well, we have seven pathways that give, basically they give this, this facility gives kids the opportunity to get their feet wet in an industry that they think they might want to go into. And some industries, uh, they can go right to work, um, whether it's advanced manufacturing or he our health sciences is big because we offer uh, CNA uh, certifications, uh, behavioral health tech, occupational and, occupational and physical therapy, as well as a uh, pharmacy technician. And so students can earn certifications in a lot of different uh, pathways. Uh, another one is uh, construction. Uh, Students can go to work right away after they've got, got some uh, industry experience. We have automotive, uh, aviation repair and maintenance, which is really big because that's an FAA-approved program, and it's the only one at the high school level in the state of Colorado. And I think the next closest one is somewhere in Arizona. Uh, we also have, uh, we're big with computer science, data science, cybersecurity, uh, robotics, drones, CAD product design up here in the STEAM uh, area. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Pro Start uh, Hospitality and Tourism. So we have our own cafe where students uh, serve other students. Uh, and uh, hotel management is part of that as well. And then we have our business services, which is pretty sweet because they 
they focus on entrepreneurism and project management. And so students can earn their introductory project management certification. Um, so there's a lot here that kids, you know, kids maybe are going to college or maybe they want to go to work right away and they don't want that, that debt. There's something here for everybody. And what I think is the coolest thing is that they can learn about the industry, not only from us as teachers, but we have numerous industry partners. I mean, Mike and Jim, you guys are, you, you're, you're some of them. And the kids getting to interact with the industry people and learn about the industry from them is, is something that we can't emulate anywhere else in the district. It's, it's, it really helps kids understand what the, what that industry is going to be and what they're going to get into. And um, I tell parents all the time, I said, the worst thing that could happen is your, your son or daughter comes here and they figure out that they don't like that industry and they don't have to go to four years of college and you don't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars or more to figure that out. <laughs> and so um, that in a nutshell, I guess, is what we do here at the CCIC. Hey, Paul, do you have a website where our listeners might be able to go in and um, get an idea of what you, you know, everything that you offer, but also some of those just incredible pictures that, uh, that make up your campus? It's just phenomenal. It's yeah, most so I've ever seen. It, uh, so our website is cherrycreekschools.org backslash CCIC. Or if you just Google Cherry Creek Innovation Campus, it should be the very first link that you've Nice. Yeah, you know, another thing that's really interesting about the development of this building is when we started planning the building out three years ago, um, we really uh, worked hard to try and make sure that all of our industries around us locally and across the nation, for that matter, were part of the fundamental design. So when we really started laying out rooms and facilities, when we started buying equipment, machines, things like that, we really made sure that we, we tried to replicate what's being seen and what's being used in the real world. So uh, when you walk through the building, you go down to the aviation uh, bay, for example, uh, you'll see airplanes in the room uh, because that's what you know they're doing in the real world. So when you walk into the advanced manufacturing lab, uh, you see Haas machines and Tormach machines. Uh, and so really it's, it's all state-of-the-art equipment that's really been highly recommended by industry partners. Um, just because we have a lot of apprentices that come out of this building and go right to work, whether they're still attending school over the summers, but they really want to make sure the kids walking out um, are familiar with machines that they're going to be using in the real world. So there's a, a, it's a lot of conversations that took, took place during the planning phase of how we could make this realistic to what's in the, in the environment around us in the professional. Yeah, I, I think the setup's an understatement. Um, <laughs> the facility you guys have rivals a lot of division one schools. Um, and, and I think that that, like John mentioned, you know, having the pictures and images of it, because it is truly realistic from like drones and PLCs to everything that you have, Paul, and your, your lab down to what Ross does with injection molding and machining and vacuum forming, like it's pretty legit. Um, and I, to be honest, I wish every student had, a, had an opportunity to go through what you guys provide to figure out the best path for them in the future. Um, it, it's, you know, it, to me, it just blows me away. I would have been a heck of a lot better student in high school if I had access to those tools. <laughs> I think um, we all would have been. Yeah. Well, it's so important to be able to be exposed to that at a young age. In, uh, in my high school that I went to, we had both automotive as well as, um, metal trades as two 
two of the only things that you could do for about four hours a day and learn another trade. And uh, I can remember thinking, man, that is great. I'm just going to go into metal trades and uh, see what that's all about. Lo and behold, I had no idea that it would wind up defining my career. Really amazing. Yeah. They, so you bring up a good point, John. So Ross and Paul have, what, 50 years of education experience between both of you now? Um, maybe a little more? I don't want you to give away your ages, yeah. but um, but but I, I know we're getting up there. So it, in in all those years, how have you seen everything evolve? Because you would have been at like the beginning when it was still shop and, and design and CAD and all that stuff to sort of moving away to it to now moving back. Like, how have you seen that evolve and seen the students evolve? Because, I mean, 25 years ago, CAD, CAD, CAM, that kind of stuff was a little bit different than it is today. You know, that's something I, I'd like to touch on, I think, because it's, you know, being a, around for my 31st year now, um, I remember when I first came out of uh, Colorado State University, I was planning basically being a, a metal shop, wood shop teacher. And right about the 1990-91 mark, um, most of the schools across the nations were trying to shift over from um, a wood shop, traditional industrial arts programs to the, the pre-engineering style uh, programs. And so... Uh, basically a lot of the, the wood shops and things just basically got torn out, you know, and so they started losing a lot of the hand machines and things like that. So, you know, over time, over the 30 years, we kind of saw that that start to kick in and all of the pre-engineering and solid modeling programs and CAD programs and things take over hand drafting classes and start to get more high tech and kind of kept going and going. And it's, it's funny, in my opinion, looking at where we're at now, you know, that was a, a good 28, 29 year swing of, of going away from some of the, the manual arts, which are still foundations of what we're doing in this program and building right now. Um, you know, a lot of the kids that we have in our classrooms are they're hands on kids. You know, they're kids who want to be on in front of a machine and working on stuff and, and very tactile type learners and not the go study from a textbook kind of a learner. So um, it's kind of reaffirming to kind of see how this building has popped up now and we're starting to give kids those opportunities to, to apply themselves in a different way than what we saw 10, 15 years ago. So um, I think it's just really refreshing that everything comes in cycles and we're kind of working back in that, that direction. It's interesting. Paul, you're just a You know, something I've, it, uh, I'm just a pup. I've only taught 24. Ross is a wily <laughs> veteran at 31. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting how creating you know the kind of the whole maker movement fab labs and how that has spearheaded a lot of kids interest in um design or manufacturing and how you know 3d printers there's kids that you know that might have a little 3d printer at home and or they can you know they learn how to use cad by using you know some online version maybe it's tinkercad or sketchup or something like that when they're you know, late element or even SolidWorks for apps for kids. You know, I know second graders that have used that. Now, granted, their dad might have been, you know, a tech teacher, but um, you know, there's so many things online that uh, kids can can utilize for free. That we're kind of, even though we're both kind of at the tail end of our careers, we're kind of at the heyday of of kids really having a lot of knowledge um, before they even step into our classrooms. And you didn't find that, you know, 20, 25 years ago, they were coming to you to learn some skills. And 
um, or get a taste of a you know a specific industry, or just they like to work with their hands and they wanted to take that class instead of you know accounting or something like that. So um, it's really interesting how how that has changed. Boy, even in the last ten years, um, you know you didn't see that ten years ago. Um, kids have their own Raspberry Pis at home and they're you know, oh, I'm going to 3D print a case for it, and I designed it on Tinkercad, and I have the STL file right here. Can we 3D print it? Why not? You bet. Let's do it. Yep. Um, and that's super cool. That's really fun to have those kids come in, and they just, they're a sponge. They want more. They want to do more. They want to create. And to me, that's the biggest thing, is I want kids to to create and think about why, you know, why are we learning this? What you know, how, how can you turn this into a career? So it's pretty right. fun. I'm not going to. Yeah, I see a lot of kids talk about home-based businesses and how they, they get these ideas of what they could do uh, to make a living. And it's, it's, it's really kind of neat to see the ingenuity that the kids have and the motivation they have. And um, I think it really is true that I think the, 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 the kids are changing their, their thoughts. I think it used to be the parents just forced kids into college no matter what without really giving any opportunities to consider other other things that might be best for them. And so really starting to see a lot of these kids that are really into that, that make a move it and start to, you know, build their own products. It's like to do those kinds of things, how they're starting to realize that, Hey, this is an opportunity I could do something big with and, you know, uh, maybe, maybe make a home-based business or maybe go directly work, go to work in the workforce for a production company of some sort. And, um, and I think it's 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 important that they realize that because it is so expensive for kids to go to college. And um, like Paul said earlier, it's we need to give these kids an opportunity to and I hate to say it, but it sounds mean, but give them a chance to to fail and and right. see what's good for them and what, what's not right for them. And I think so many times they're they're just forced in directions they don't need to be going into. And I think sometimes you got to learn by not doing so well and see what's good for you and what's not good for you. Yeah. So you bring up two things there, and, and one of them I'm going to ask a question because I already know the answer to it. Um, but the the first question I have is, um, you know, a lot of people when they would hear something like this, you know, where there's I can go learn this skill trade or figure out what I want to do or what I don't want to do. Um, oftentimes in the past, you know, like when we were in high school, oh, if you went and took shop, you were a certain type of person. Um, and not good or bad, but, you know, generally, unfortunately, we like to put people in boxes. Um, I, I would like for you guys to give a little bit of an understanding to people listening, the, the wide array of students you guys have coming through your programs. So that's the first question. I'll let you talk about that. And then I have a follow up question. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's so true. We, when you, we have such a variety in this program. I know Paul and I are in similar situations, but I've got, you know, for example, one of my classes, I've got a, a couple of kids in there. One girl is going to be trying to get into MIT um, for her post-secondary education. And in the exact same classroom, I've got kids who still can't read a ruler. Um, and, you know, these are all kids that are in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So uh, it's it's such a wide variety of kids that you have in this building. And the one thing that brings them together and, and into this situation is their passion and desire to learn uh, and try new things. And so it's... Uh, as a teacher, it's interesting trying to teach kids of that diverse backgrounds. Um, you know, when you've got kids that are so capable and kids that are still kind of struggling with some of the fundamentals. Um, but we, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing variety of kids that we have here. And I think Paul's in the same boat where Paul, you've got some pretty interesting diversity too, don't you? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's kids that they know that they, they want to be an engineer. Um, and there's kids that, you know what, I just wanted to try it. I want I, I'd heard about the building and I really, you know, I kind of, 
kind of dig technology so i want to come learn how to 3d print and it's interesting i had a girl uh earlier this semester you know we we're just talking she was a senior and just talking about well what do you want to do and she's like well i want to be a, a robotics engineer and i'm like oh that's sweet that's a great field to get into the other day and we kind of use all the different equipment that we have in our fab lab and we'd kind of focused on some 2d type of stuff with some printing vinyl printing and she came to me and she's like i want to start my own home business uh with these yeah. with that vinyl printer and i want i want to use you as a supplier and then you charge me whatever you need to and then i'll upsell them <laughs> wherever etsy or you know i don't know how she was going to do it i'm like you bet we can do that that's no problem at all um i you know because it's it's nice to kind of have that incubator feel where we can help kids get that entrepreneurial spirit and know that they can create and make a living creating whether it's at their own company or if they work for a, a, a bigger company that type of thing but it's it yeah it's diversification is definitely something ross and i know how to how to manage a classroom that way because it's been like that our whole life we have kids that are super focused and know what they want to do and then we have kids that are just kind of here to explore and maybe don't have the skills yet um, to flourish in our environment but you know that's why we're in the business we are is to help them all out yeah it to me that's the part that i thought was really special about what you guys were doing is it it you're you're solving so many different problems at the same time um, that it really allows people to collaborate and communicate and figure out the best path for them that was the part that I thought was just phenomenal because generally, you know, lots of times there's boxes that people get put in along the way. And if you accidentally say the wrong thing and get put in the wrong box, you may go down a path that takes you 10 or 15 years to figure out that you're in the wrong box. Um, where here it's like, I can try everything and, and there's no, well, if you're going to come into this, you got to be A, B, C, and D, you know, um, which yeah. brings me to my next question. So, in a lot of our other podcasts, we've talked about skills gap and and there's often this overinflated stigma about young people because old people always like to complain about young people. And then those young people become old people and then they complain about the next generation of young people. <laughs> um, but what's what I thought was interesting with uh, the students and the things that you guys do at Cherry Creek in general and then rolling up to the Cherry Creek Innovation Campus is there are so many people out there that want to build they've just don't never been given the opportunity to figure out how to build and create things and i i don't know you know you guys work in specific areas but do you see that the biggest problem that often happens is kids don't know where to start to figure that out until they get into one of your classes yeah, just, or yeah i would say yeah there there's the there's often times and i'm sure ross can say the same thing that they get into our class and they get that spark. You know, they they, they found their home and they'll stay there for three or four years um, because they know that this is where they want to be. Um, and it, and what what I've found lately is that yeah, you're gonna get those kids that want to go to MIT or they want to go to Colorado School of Mines, but you also get those kids that like I for an example, I had a kid last year who he he's not good at school. Let's put it that way. You know, school. And I'm not saying he's not smart. I'm just saying he's not good at school. And, but you ask that kid about 3D printing and he can tell you more about 3D printing than any other high schooler that I've ever known. He knows more about 3D printing than I do. And uh, he, he got an internship at a local 3D printing company and they loved him. 
They absolutely loved him. And this is a kid that has struggled through school. Um, you know, couldn't find, you know, some kids just don't have that motivation to go sit and get from a teacher. They want to be able, they have that passion, want to use it. And this was a place where, and it would just happen to be that he was here the night we had our um, advisory meeting last fall. Mike, you might remember that. There was people all over the place. It was, we had, you know, and just invited kids to come and he was here and he met that company and they, next semester, they had him in there as an intern and they loved him. Great story. Yeah. And yeah, I think the other thing that's really cool about this, you know, as far as the design work goes is over, over the years, it's, I've always seen the young women do an exceptional job. They have such a, a more refined taste for design and, and they just need a little bit of, of guidance and a little bit of motivation to kind of get them to jump into that arena where the boys are building stuff, you know, because they've got everything in their brain and um, they just got to kind of make the last step into, into that environment. And I tell you what, seeing the girls come in and, and just, you know, when they get to these computer controlled machines and SOLIDWORKS and that kind of stuff, I think it levels the playing field and the girls are just kicking butt on the boys. Um, you know, I think across the board, the, the young girls that I have in my classes are outperforming the boys. Uh, quality wise, I think the creativity is there. Uh, but I, I, you know, examples, one of my, one of my top students, uh, a young lady went to work uh, over the summer as an apprentice at a local um, manufacturing machining and engineering firm. And she was basically, she went in and just was taught how to run one of the CNC lathes. And, um, you know, within a couple of weeks, they actually sent their main operator on vacation because she was running the machine as well as he was doing. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think this is just such a neat environment for, you know, for some of our um, underrepresented populations to get involved as well. And um, because, you know, they've got as much creativity as anybody else. And I think this is just an opportunity for them to, to get on the ground for something really unique and special and, and, and prove what they got. And, get some confidence and, and get ready to go out and, and do some cool things in their lives. I personally, I agree with that hundred percent. I've um, throughout my career, whether it's been welding or machining or engineering, oftentimes um, women are way better at detail and, and doing that stuff. So, yeah. so uh, I agree with you hundred percent. And and it is, un, it is unfortunate a lot of times that um, they don't get that opportunity early enough to figure out that that's, awesome for them you know mm -hmm. yeah. um so i to me personally i think it's great everybody should have an equal chance to figure out what they want to do um you know because everybody has a gift it's just finding the right thing that you're passionate about so true yeah so you guys won an award not that long ago right was that the um yeah we, that's we, that's we, you, buddy. what's that paul i said that's all you that <laughs> that award you know more I, about it than i do i to be honest I, <laughs> I've been such a, a whirlwind trying to figure out how to do this uh, COVID education thing. Um, I'm to be honest, I forgot the name of the award. It was a. Uh, <laughs> it basically was a. Colorado succeeds. What, what was that? Colorado succeeds. Okay, thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, it was basically just an award that the whole school got. It wasn't just manufacturing. It was the whole the whole school got a, a recognized for basically an innovative approach to. Um, uh, to education and, and apprenticeships and things like that. So um, it was it was neat to see, and it, I think it's really just has so much to say about the whole building. The staff in this building is is so strong and, and believes so um, wholeheartedly in, in the mission of this building and the professional skills that we teach our students as they as they go through the programs. And it's it really just is a a remarkable group of people that are looking after kids' best interests and trying to give kids opportunities. 
Um, you know, one of our major uh, foundations of the building when we first designed it as a cadre a couple of years back was um, the integration of professional skills into our curriculum. So um, the kids actually have about a third of their overall grade in, the, in their program is, is dependent upon their professional skills that we teach them on, uh, on a daily and weekly basis. Uh, things like uh, communication, reliability, dependability, uh, respectfulness, consideration, collaboration, growth mindset. So all of those are characteristics that our business partners wanted to see in incoming employees. Uh, and so we basically took that to heart and, and made that a, a foundation of the building. So, um, so really when the kids walk out, not only are they trained and credentialed uh, on the technical side of things, but hopefully they have some better uh, professional and personal skills that they can interact with future employers or, or people that are coworkers, whatever the case is going to be. So um, it, it was a pretty neat award, but that's kind of what the heart of it was. And to be fair, this uh, COVID pandemic thing sort of does take a little bit of attention right now. So uh, no no worries about forgetting the name of the award. Um, there are bigger problems going on at the moment for teaching. Um, but but yeah, I, I, saw, I saw you guys post it on social media and I thought that was uh, a pretty amazing. Oh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. John, do you want? So, I've been talking nonstop. So, do you want to ask any questions? I feel like I'm interrupting I, you all the time. I would love to. So, one of the things that Michael and I run into all the time out here in the real world is incredible design engineers. There's no doubt, best in the world. But what we find is, is when we look at their designs, right? Michael and I are the ones that need to manufacture these designs, and it becomes pretty obvious that a lot of them have never spent any time doing any manufacturing. And you can tell a lot of times just by the placement of fillets and some other things, but it really stands out in the world of filling. So my question is, I guess, Ross, um, for those for those in high school that are looking to eventually become mechanical engineers, is there anybody preaching the benefit of saying, hey, look, some manufacturing skills and understanding how to machine is something that even if you're not going to be a machinist, it's really going to be worth your while and be beneficial to you, you know, further on down the road. Yeah, that's a good question, John. Um, you know, that's something I try to, you know, preach to the kids because I do have a real mixed bag of students as far as what their long-term goals are. Um, you know, it's interesting because right now it seems like our kids are in such high demand with some of the local machine shops that, a lot of the kids are, are really just trying to get grabbed up to become apprentice or become interns and apprentices for the for the industries. But we do have a, a lot of kids that are going to go into that post-secondary engineering type of area. And um, I, you know, I think that's one of the things I try to get the kids to realize is, um, you know, that first year as a freshman in most engineering schools, you're going to have a machining class of some sort. Um, and so I kind of look at it as the more education we could give them here at this level um, is either A, going to help them fully decide to go in that direction or go a different direction, but B, when they get there, they should be prepared and, and ready to do a successful job at the college level. So I think, you know, for us, it's, it's always great to hear role models come in. Uh, you know, like last last year when we first went into the remote learning, I was fortunate enough to have you, John, come uh, spend time with my kids remotely. And I, I think we need more of that role model type um, guest speaker type mentality in, in education where we can get the, the professionals who really know what's going on and come into the schools and, and help the kids understand what they're in for and what some of the things are that they should be doing. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think that role model and that guidance from the experts is huge for the kids. 
Well, I know one thing. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, it, it was just awesome, and I love kids and, and doing that. Well, hopefully we can do it again here soon, too. So. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, um, the answer to that is yes. Just let oh, me know. Yeah. I'll take that offline, and you bet. So I did have another question, too, and this would um, this would be uh, for you, Paul, as well as Ross, but is there any thoughts right now, or do you already do this, and I'm just not aware of it, and that is, do you guys introduce maybe Lean Six Sigma, maybe Six Sigma, you know, maybe to the, the green belt level, nothing above that. Is there any focus or any programs there for Lean Six Sigma? Um, you know, we our business pathway works with the Project Management Institute of Colorado. Um, and I and I know that part of their program for their they actually have a certification for high school kids called a CAPM C A P M, mm -hmm. and I believe part of that CAPM program I think they do get into a lot of the quality um, quality issues and the right. programs yeah. that go along with it. Um, I unfortunately haven't really had the time to get that in my curriculum yet. Paul, about you? Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, at my previous school, before I came here, um, I taught a class called, uh, well, it was part of the International Baccalaureate program. It was called uh, Design Technology. And they didn't necessarily talk so much about Six Sigma, but they did talk about lean manufacturing and sure. just-in-time versus uh, just-in-case. And it is something that I don't, in, I don't directly talk about with students, but I do indirectly talk about kind of the supply chain and how well if we're going to do this we're going to have to order this at this you know how well how it, it everything's not instantaneous kids you know it it, uh, it it you have to plan and understand your supply chain and how long it's going to take to get materials or a product that you're going to use on a project so um the planning part of it uh and and just in time and just in case we definitely cover um a little bit and unfortunately we got to keep these kids excited and sometimes they don't think that's very exciting but <laughs> it is a very it is a very important part obviously of manufacturing and understanding how that can be the determining factor if your product is successful and so um, it's something we do talk a little bit about sure um, so that leads me to a segue here on quality control um, we talked, you know, we, we touched on that here just a moment ago, but, you know, one of the things in quality control that is a really good career path for a lot of people is becoming inspectors in the quality control. Um, and that would include, you know, hand inspection with hand tools, as well as CMM inspection. So, you know, I never did notice, but do you, you guys do have some CMM machines, correct? Right. We've got an optical comparator, but we never did get a CMM. Okay. okay. Yeah. Is but there any work on the comparator, and they really enjoy that. They I think they're kind of mind blown how that works and how precise it is. Um, yeah. I think our our goal, you know, this is our our second four year open. So as curriculum continues, um, that's an area I think is really important for my kids to get into. We you know we have all the surface plates and uh, precision measurement tools. So um, I, I'm hoping that someday as we get back to normal and we have more time with our kids in the classroom that we can start introducing uh, more of that to the kids. Cause I agree with you, John, I think that's an important part. Um, I think some of the apprentices that go out into the local machine shops around us that come out of our school and go to work over the summers or whatever the case might be, 
I think the local businesses have been pretty good about putting the kids on a rotation. So they're not just, um, you know, doing the same machine over and over. They're actually going through the different aspects of the business. And I think one of those areas is the, the quality control area. So um, I, I really got a hand to our local um, industries because they've been really, really proactive in making a program for the apprentices that's very thorough. Um, I know it used to be if you were an apprentice, and basically meant you made photocopies and, and got people coffee. So um, I think those programs have come a long ways, and I'm hoping that you know they're the ones that are hopefully going to be helping kids understand some of those concepts. Sure. Yeah, I think that brings up a good point too, right? Like there, um, for all the amazing things that that you guys do to prepare people, it does require that next step of the community being involved to support some of this too, because. Um, you know, if, if you go learn something great and amazing and, and you go home or you go out in industry and they're like, ah, what are you doing that for? You should be a doctor or a lawyer. It sort of negates um, all the great things you do versus having other like people around from industry and community being like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. Let me take this next step further. Um, it, to me, I think that's, you know, the, the correct evolution versus, you know, you hear one thing at, at home or outside of school and another thing in school. Um, not saying that I've ever heard, you know, you need to go to school and become a doctor and a lawyer from anybody before, but um, <laughs> I also know that you don't want me as a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's funny because even in our own community and we're, you know, I, I heard numerous comments last year when we opened that this is the best thing Cherry Creek Schools has done in 25 years. And yet we still fight the ignorance I guess is the way to put it of what we do here and that, yeah, there's going to be kids that come here that aren't going to go to college, but there's going to be a lot of kids that do come here and they're going to go to college. And so they're not getting, so, you know, some of it is hard to get through to, to parents and the community that you know, we're, we didn't, we didn't just put these uh, pathways together willy nilly. You know, there was a lot of research, um, work that went into making sure we're supplying students with it uh, with curriculum in industries that are going to be robust and robust for quite a while yeah, that's a great um, point. not in Colorado and now so um, we're still fighting that and you know we try to do as much as we can social media wise and career fairs and just to get uh, you know help help our, our cause so parents in the community understand. Well, I still, I still go back to, I think somebody's speakers echoing. Um, is that better? Oh, there it is. So I, I still go back to, I think it was either Ross's class um, that I helped with, or it was one of the ones in Wyoming. It might have been both. But um, remember, it was like, gosh, seven or eight years ago, Ross, we did the flow simulation for your 1080p class that once one summer, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and and what was interesting about that was, you know, flow simulation <laughs> um, requires meshing, which requires advanced math calculations, you know, all of those things that go into it. Right. So so we do this class. We use we use SolidWorks. Um, we do flow simulation from SolidWorks. We talk about it. And I'll I'll never forget this because at the end of one of the classes, it was either one in Wyoming or Ross's. I can't remember which one because I did them right about the same time. Um, but the the one of the students was like, oh, now I get why I'm doing the advanced math calculations. And that always stuck with me because it's like, 
this person is going to become go become something with advanced math calculations, but he was doing all this stuff on paper and doing all these calculations, but there was never a link to why that's important for the real world, right? And I always sort of feel like what, what you guys are doing and what CCIC is doing that a lot of people miss oftentimes is, yeah, it's great to go take advanced math classes, but if you don't have a real bearing or understanding of why that would affect the real world or the greater good, if you will, is is really missing the point. At that at that understanding of we'll just do this cal calculation and I'm going to grade you on your ability to run a calculation without understanding why it's important, you just lose a lot of people. Um, I'm one of those people. I have to understand why I'm doing something to be successful. If you just give me an equation and tell me to solve for it, I'm probably going to fail at it. But if you're telling me in context of what it's for, I have a basis where it makes sense to me. And I think that that reinforcement of why is a big part of success for a lot of people. Yeah, you hear that story a lot, especially in math and physics. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we get a lot of physics um, kids and kids that understand that, I guess, a little bit more than maybe the chemical and the bio biological science. But I've numerous times. Oh, well, we're working, we're doing this in physics, but we're just doing equations. And basically, you know, they can, whether it's a simulation or some type of a test that we're doing, they understand the physics side of it already. They just didn't know what, how it was applied in a practical sense. Yeah. And I think it would be hard to figure out if, okay, I'm really good at math, but what am I going to do for a career, right? Just sit here and solve this equation. Or can I go <laughs> can I go work for an automotive company and help them define the next future of the aerodynamic car? You know, hopefully it's not the Tesla truck, but you know something in in that realm from a styling standpoint. Um, you know, it, to me those are those are uh, society impacting changes for someone that's really good at math. But if all you're ever presented with is, well, here I'm really good at doing equations, so I'm just going to be an equation person. Yeah. I was also one of those people that needed to have a reason for doing something. Now, I love to learn, but I needed a reason for um, to be able to understand what the end application was, and uh, just like you, Mike. So. Now, it's funny. I, uh, I was talking with a class this last week. I saw this meme, and I think it was Natalie Portman, and who even knows if she really said this or not, but it was um, basically, you know, I, I didn't really like studying but I really, I really liked learning. And I brought that up in class because kids were talking about how much they, they like it here in the building. And I said, it's because you're learning for a reason. You know, you can see the, you can see how it's relevant. And that to me is the biggest compliment I think a kid can give us as a teacher is that they, they see the relevance in what they're learning and how they can use it whether they become an engineer, a designer, a manufacturer, you know, they can they can understand how that that process is used in the world. That makes total sense, especially yeah. when you think about all the things they're bombarded with throughout the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it technology has changed a little bit about how many interruptions they get versus when I was in school, CB radio. If you want to talk after school, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> Something else that's pretty nice about this place is that, and even though we really can't do it now because of COVID and we have to cohort kids and kind of keep them in their own little uh, areas of the school, but just being able to collaborate um, outside of our silos and how, you know, obviously Ross and, and the advanced manufacturing and STEAM, we, we work pretty much hand in hand with a lot of things, 
but just being able to take you know a kid has an idea down here and maybe doesn't have quite the business acumen that he or she may need to get a product idea on the market we can talk you know we can send them down to some kids in our business pathway and that have that and understand how to you know marketability and market share and how to get your product known you know really that's what we want to do is we want kids from different pathways collaborating because you know that's how the real world works it's not just a bunch of mechanical engineers sitting in a in a room you know designing things there's a reason that they're designing things and they have to talk to people that aren't mechanical engineers to make the product work the best it can and so you know or, or you know we've even talked about you know making food molds for the for the kitchen so the kids can you know prepare different shapes of food for you know that type of thing and sheet metal and how we have you know we have some breaks down in aviation so kids can can maybe cut something on the metal cutting laser up here but then go down and bend it uh down in the aviation area and just getting kids all over the building that's really kind of the saddest thing for me in our current times is that kids can't just go explore our building and see what other kids are doing in other yeah, yeah, we've got a couple of projects like that too. We we have a, the auto program here. Somehow managed to get hold of some of the old furniture row NASCAR race car chassis, and so they're trying to bring them back to life by putting motors back in them. And um, so I've been talking to the the main teacher down there, and he wants our kids to kind of help make some motor mounts and all kinds of pieces for the suspension on our milling machines. So I agree with Paul. I think that um, that collaboration between the pathways and um, getting the kids to realize that everything's not a big silo and that everything's interconnected at some point or the other is, is a part of their education they've got to figure out. So um, it, this, Paul brought up a really good point. That's just such a great opportunity for the kids. And um, what's going to give kids other experiences and possible exposure to careers that they might want as well? So maybe they're in my class, but they're not so sure. And suddenly they're working on motor bounds for a race car. Maybe they're like, oh, cool, that's where I want to go with my life and uh, kind of gives them some some direction there too. So. Uh, but yeah, I just think the variety that's possible if people think outside of the box and teachers get creative with the way they do things. I think uh, education can really change and, and be really, really good for a lot of kids. Yeah, uh, I have to. So food molds are awesome. Um, I used to work with ConAgra and we developed the molds for the chicken nuggets that you see, like the ones you go to the store and you buy the different prototype ones. <laughs> that, is, that is an awesome engineering challenge because um, the way we used to do it when I was at Benson is the guys from ConAgra had come up with this image for marketing. And then we would take the image, draw it in SolidWorks, scale it to a size because the, the chicken nugget material cooks at a certain speed coming through the machine. So you have to scale to a certain density for the material. So we would take the shape in SolidWorks and change all the density and go for that. So if you guys decide to make those molds, Definitely hit me up because I can give you some pointers <laughs> on that. That's really cool. A story that I did that I never thought would be useful until today. So thanks for that, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably get in trouble now for sharing the secrets of Conacher, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but it, it was cool because it was a total use of engineering skills, manufacturing skills for something that's just this organic shape for marketing, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, and the motor mount thing, obviously, being a hot rod guy, I am always down to help you with that too, Russ. <laughs> oh, cool. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. I might take you up on that one. So, um, so I, I know we're coming up on the end of our time here, and I, I don't want to run over too far, but, um, you know, I – 
I can't thank you guys enough for everything you do, not just being on the podcast, obviously, but like the, in the nine, 10 years that I've known you guys, um, I, there needs to be more people in the world like you two that um, really take on this challenge and, and do all this stuff that often doesn't get thanks to build the next generation of people that are excited about design and engineering and manufacturing. So um, I just want to let you know, I personally really appreciate everything you guys do. And it's, it's amazing to see the facility you guys have today and how you can continue to do that. I second. Oh, thanks you guys. Wait, your, your support both from you and, and John are just re- are great. You've always been there to help us out. And I think Paul and, and my jobs would be a lot more difficult if we didn't have support like you guys. So thank you back to you. So. Yeah, I'd piggyback on that with Ross. Uh, uh, you know, Mike and and Jim. You know, we we really rely on you guys for some technical expertise, and you guys have always come through for us. Whether it's with SolidWorks or Cam or anything, you guys have been a great resource, and you're cool guys. We like hanging out with you too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it, it, let's say somebody listens to this and they want to get involved and they want to help out Cherry Creek or, or they want to do something in their town, not in Colorado and Cherry Creek. Like, um, how could they reach out to you guys, find more information, possibly, you know, assuming someday when COVID is gone and people can tour the facility, like um, how can they get in touch with Cherry Creek to either help or, you know, figure out how they can do what you guys are doing in their part of the world? Uh, you know, I, I think just contacting us. I'm not sure what the best way is. I'm happy to give out my email address if anybody is interested in sending us some contacts. Or, Mike, is that something we post through yours? We just give it out here on the the, the meeting here. Or what's the best way about going doing that? Uh, I I can put it in the SoundCloud link. Um, just make sure that it's you know an email that that you want because it's going to go out to anybody. So, um, yeah. You know, if you guys have some type of universal contact or anything like that, uh, just shoot it to me after. And I'll be happy to make sure that anyone can get get access to that to set up times. That sounds good. Our website has our website has a lot of information. Um, and you could even at, before COVID, you could schedule a tour. Um, they had a scheduling uh, link there, so I don't. I'm sure that link is probably inactive now. But um, our website has a lot. Everybody's email address and uh, a lot of contact information on the website. It, it's a good website. It's it's got a lot of information. Okay, okay. I'll and, make. I'll and make that sure. was. Go ahead. CherryCreekSchools.org backslash CCIC. Okay, I'll I'll put it in the description for the podcast too, um, just so in case somebody doesn't want to write it down, <laughs> they'll be able to link to it. But um, okay, well, I I appreciate you guys' time. Um, it's been awesome. Hopefully, we can catch up here post COVID and uh, do another one of these, and you know maybe we can do some video stuff and attached to the link, you know, of all the cool things you guys do. But um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know it's it's busy times these days to find openings with all of the remote training going on. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. And it's good talking to you, John. Good talking to you, Mike. So I'll, I'm sure I'll be in touch with both of you guys about coming up projects here that are coming up pretty quickly. So it won't be too long before you hear from me. So sounds great. Of course, anytime. We're always happy to help. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Very well. Have a great day, guys. You've just listened to The 3D Experience with John and Mike. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up on upcoming episodes.